Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. There, talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, for, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. <laughs> the New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. That's the difference between you and I. For me, this is about passion, and for you, this is about fame. And nobody will ever remember you. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Yeah, that works in Hollywood, that works in the movies, but this isn't the movies, this is real life. And in real life, I am the real hero. You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, everyone, back to another episode of the Super Smart Brothers. It has been a while, but uh, we've got a hell of a lot to catch up on as the wrestling world is getting ever so interconnected and big stars are debuting, and uh, it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. What do you think? I, I don't know what you're talking about. Nothing has happened in wrestling in the in the, this whole time we've been gone. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing at all. <laughs> no. Like Outside of, of course, you know, the way that wrestling's been affected by the pandemic, there's been... Uh, lots of different changes as far as the interpromotional relationships. And I, I'm really excited to see all this different stuff because we got like AEW, we've got mm-hmm. New Japan, mm-hmm. we've got Impact. Yep. Uh, and then who else is kind of like prominently in that mix? I guess like AAA? Sort of yeah, a little, I would say a little less so. Mm-hmm. Is it because is that where, where do, does Kenny Pinto? Omega still have the one of their championships? Yes. The mega? Yeah, yeah, he is the mega heavyweight. That's what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he was, oh, that's what it was. He so apparently Tony Khan has right to uh, Kenny's finishes if, if when he goes else place, like a mm-hmm. say AAA, and so that's what the original plan was for Andrade to take the title off of him, but that was around the same time he was losing the Impact title to Christian. So Tony Khan was like, no, I don't want him losing like everything, basically. So, right, right. So I guess that put on delay a little bit. Yeah, but I mean. It sounds like everyone's has a good working relationship, right? If like Tony's allowed to make that call and Triple A didn't like outright just say, "All right, well, you can't use our guys," and like, mm-hmm. I mean, I would assume that that's kind of the standard practice for everywhere. It's like you know, if if they're technically signed to you, then yeah. you would have to say as far as like the finishes. So then, like you know, for like the New Japan guys going over there, I assume that they would have you know kind of creative vetoing as far as like what the finishes are. God, at this point, that has to be so confusing, though. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, at this point, there has to be just like conference calls, right? It has to be like Tony Khan with like people from AAA, people from New mm-hmm. Japan going over like, like some right, constant like group chat or something. Here's here's this here's this next month's like, who's okay with what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a very complicated web, especially like remembering like who is technically signed to where because like we were talking just a little bit before we started broadcasting but like the good brothers i forgot they were technically even impact guys right and you wouldn't know that because like they're constantly on aw dynamite but then if you turn on impact they're there and so is kenny omega so it's like what's (laughs) 
Right, because it's like, you know, even though they are the Impact champions, yeah, they're on AEW a lot. But then, like, yeah. Christian, who's the TNA champion, is an AEW guy. Yes. <laughs> so then it's like, yeah, so it's like, who fucking does these days? Yeah. But that's that's a good thing, I, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it allows for variety. It's like, oh, Jared, like, not Jericho, wow, Christian, <laughs> the other Canadian wrestler, can go over and, like, wrestle people on Impact. Um mm-hmm. Even though I would, I would say he is featured prominently on Dynamite, right? So it's not yeah. like he's going over there just to get time. It, it's mm-hmm. it, it's interesting. Yeah, he's got a good spot there. Yeah, and uh, it it is really interesting too because like I remember just you know, like a couple of years ago when we were watching this all started forming together and stuff like that, and people were just kind of having their sort of like at that point it almost seemed like a fever dream as far as people being like, oh man, like you know, what if AW gets really big and then like they start working with like the other companies and stuff like what if like, what if maybe someday they could actually be, like, competition for WWE? And it's like, that that we're there now. Yeah. Like, we're there at a point and... where, like, ratings-wise, they are competitive. And, like, you know, contract-wise, like, they're constantly taking not just people that WWE doesn't want and are casting off, but, like, people who are actively leaving WWE who could have a great position. Like, especially, like, Brian Danielson, mm-hmm. like, left and then came here to aw so it's like they're they're taking big stars yeah i guess that should be right our biggest catch-up of this time we've been away you got within the span of a month cm punk adam cole Mm -hmm. and brian danielson all debuting with aew i mean if that doesn't show you that their competition like i don't know what will at this point like the i guess the only the only other would be like a john cena coming over right like or (laughs) <laughs> but yeah I, I think the only other thing as far as the to people who are maybe not convinced that they're becoming legitimate competition would be yeah if, if one of their really long time top stars like cena or like roman reigns mm-hmm. or maybe like randy orton uh yeah like, I don't know, somebody like that maybe if they went but even look at randy used aw to get a better contract in wwe mm-hmm like if that that has to show like like that is the definition of competition that you can go to other places, like you don't have to just sit in this one spot and you can use that to your advantage. Right. Yeah. Actually, that is that's a really good point right there. That's that's key solid evidence of the fact that it's like yeah, like if I can use them as a bargaining chip mm-hmm. against you, then yeah, like that is legitimate something you have to worry about. In, in Randy Orton's entire career, right? Because Randy didn't start until after WCW and ECW were gone. Right. So, like, maybe TNA and what was that year? Like, 05 or so? Like, when they got on to Spike TV and they went to Monday nights and stuff like that? Like, maybe. But definitely not to the consistency and even to the level. AEW has surpassed the, the peak of impact. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, one hundred percent. And the thing too is that it's like it keeps growing. Like it doesn't seem like it's slowing down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like honestly, the biggest thing that's impeding its progress is the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, because they can only you know just now start getting people back into arenas and stuff like that. And even then, it's not the same level of capacity. Yeah, but I mean they're they're still doing like twenty thousand in New York in this mm-hmm. tennis stadium. That no, how did i didn't know one thing to run there like i saw that setup and i was like this is the perfect setup like they had people behind the stage that had good seats 
Mm-hmm. Like that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that did like a did like a really good uh, arena there. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, it's like oh, it's this arena arena centered around this center re- in, in tennis is a rectangle. You just need mm-hmm. to put a square there. <laughs> like. Yeah. True. So has no one been like, hey, that kind of sounds like wrestling. <laughs> It's like, huh, you know what? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, uh, so did you, ooh, so, all right, so we talked about Punk, uh, Adam Cole, Brian Davis. Did you watch any of those, like, live, or? Uh, I didn't see any of the debuts live, but I have gone back and seen all of them. And uh, yeah. so far, so out of those three that have debuted, uh, what are your thoughts on all three of them in AEW? Uh, I mean, I, I'm glad they're all there. Right, because like Punk, mm-hmm. seven years of nothing. Like he showed no. I thought Punk was gone from wrestling just forever. I thought it was like WWE killed his spirit and he's done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then yeah. the rumors came around, and I was a skeptic until the very end. I was like, nope. Everyone thinks this is like such a done deal. I don't think so. And then I watched. It was it was a Friday night and. Aaron and I are out to dinner, and I was like, "Oh, we have to make sure we're home by what is it? Rampage is on like 10. I was like, mm-hmm. "Want to put on this wrestling show?" Because I was like, "There's this chance this guy that I've been waiting seven years on comes back tonight." And as soon as uh, Cult of Personality hit, I flipped. Like I, I marked out definitely, <laughs> and then like got goosebumps like seeing him walk out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. Like then, it's been really cool to see him back. Yeah, and just every time coming out to that theme, and the crowd mm-hmm. goes nuts every time. And he even said, "I like how he brings it up." He's like, "I'm not, I'm never going to get tired of that." Mm-hmm. And then, so then Brian Danielson and Adam Cole, that was great um, because that was watching with a group of friends. Uh, so I got like the 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 group reaction right mm-hmm. of we all had it predicted. Rick, the end of the night, Brian Danielson comes out like. Like yeah. Omega is going to beat Christian, he's going to attack him or something, and then Brian Danielson's going to make the save, and then all of a sudden Adam Cole's music hits, and we're like, "Oh fuck!" Because he was more up in the air, right? Because his contract had expired, so he didn't have to wait like the ninety days or anything, mm-hmm. and so he could show up at any point. And we were like, "Oh fuck!" And then he super kicks Jungle Boy, and we're like, "Oh shit, he's a heel!" And then you're like, "Wait, but like." So what? When does Brian Danielson appear? And then his music hits. Like it. It was the perfect like that night. I would say just because of the the steady build up, I'll give it to the combo of Adam Cole and Brian Danielson. But like Punk had the seven. Yeah, I can't pick actually. Sorry, <laughs> I just rambled <laughs> off. Well, it, you don't even you already have to pick a favorite. I was just good and wanted to get your thoughts. But yeah, they've definitely yeah. all been very very good so far. Yeah, and uh, you know then seeing the time limit draw with like uh, Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega was. I thought a smart way to book because, yeah, like just seeing that it was like, oh, his first match is going to be with Kenny. Okay, well, it's definitely got to be a kind of inconclusive finish. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm glad that it wasn't just like a straight DQ, though, because that's what I was kind of thinking. Was it like the elite were going to like do some fuckery? Because we're used to WWE booking at this point, right? Where yeah, no build up, two stars that you can't beat. What mm-hmm. do you do? And it's like, oh, wait, AEW did the smart thing. <laughs> That Jim Ross has been <laughs> chirping on for years, which is you have rules, use them to your advantage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's a really clever use of rules, and it's a great because like they, they don't do time limit draws all the time or anything. So then when you use them, no, I, I'm pretty useful. sure this is 
from my memory at least like i don't watch all of uh like dark and dark elevation and stuff so they might have done them there but on the main shows of like dynamite and rampage i can only think of three total um there was like uh cody and darby allen this Mm -hmm. one and i can't remember i just feel like there's a third one i can't remember what but yeah yeah it's probably been done a few times but yeah it's used sparingly enough that it's like it's a good type of finish at least in this type of situation it was used well i think oh absolutely exactly it leaves us wanting more how did you how did you feel with it starting the show um yeah i think that's smart also because like a time limit draw is an incredibly uh frustrating finish so you don't want to like leave the crowd with that as the finish Mm -hmm. and you know if you're you're not going to make that the final match i think you got to make that the first one because yeah uh apparently kind of weird apparently there was some technical difficulties where like the crowd couldn't hear Justin Roberts making the announcement of like 10 seconds left or whatever, like when it was getting close to the end. And Uh, so mm -hmm. all of a sudden the bell just rang and I don't think, I think that's why there's a little bit of booing. They didn't understand what had happened completely. Mm -hmm. So that was the only thing. Whereas we had at home, right. We had JR and Tony Schiavone and all explaining like what was, what had happened. I mean, I think that people would have booed anyway, right? Because that's—I think—that's kind of the reaction you want people to have. Is that it's like, oh no, damn it! Like Daniel Bryan or uh, Brian Danielson, sorry, yeah, couldn't get it done. Like he just—he needs more time. Yeah, like that, yeah, damn, they're booing at the fact that the, the match clock. is over, right? They're like, we, right. we want it's the fight forever, like, uh, right? To, uh, logic, sorry, yeah. Can build up to that for like you know pay per view for a rematch. Mm-hmm. With the title on the line, I would assume. Yes. Yeah, because I, I don't. No one else has really been like, I guess, booked to take on Kenny. Uh, in terms of like, no one's made promos against him and stuff, saying that they want to go mm-hmm. for the t- like that kind of a thing. It's only been Brian Danielson, and then before that, Adam Page, but he's not back yet. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, once he's back, I assume that'll be a one they definitely want to keep in their pocket. Yeah. Do you think that Adam Page is going to be the guy that takes the title from him? I think he has to. Because it ties in so well with Adam Page. Almost had, he was, it was him and Jericho, right? I think for the first title. Mm -hmm. Like, the first title win. Yep. Yeah. So I think it draws a nice back to that of, like, he he went for it, lost. His first defense, maybe. Yeah. And then he has to build back up and now he's here and I think I definitely think they're going to build on I think Dark Order is having these issues Adam Page comes back as the leader of Dark Order the contrarian uh, theory is that Bray Wyatt has signed with AEW and they're mm-hmm. about to be in Rochester I think which is Brody's hometown and that he'll co- appear as the new leader of the Dark Order that would be a yeah, I think that would make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I think Some either way, you could go. Character, right? Yeah. What do you think that Bray Wyatt would do, like, if you were to sort of speculate? Like, what type of character he would be? I mean, like, what sort of twist on it? Because obviously he's still going to be, like, you know, a dark weirdo or whatever. Like, I think that's always going to be think the he would be. He I think he would be a little less mystic arts than Bray Wyatt was, or the mm-hmm. Fiend was. Um, and a little more, I should, I should say he was, he'd be more Bray Wyatt than the Fiend. 
if you see what mm. I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. more of the, I think it might be more like um, uh, when he had like the hat and the rocking chair and stuff. I think yeah, that kind cut of long promos and stuff. Yeah, I I can see it as yeah. that kind of brave. One hundred percent. I think yeah, it'll be kind of like a fusion of the two, but I think it'll be a little more tilted that way. Yeah, because that's how Brody was, right? He wasn't there wasn't any kind of like mythical stuff going on. He was just this like kind of cult leader type person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Right, makes sense. But yeah, uh, so anyone else sticking out to you at uh, AEW? Uh, well, obviously, you know, CM Punk coming back too. That's just yeah. been great. And I'm excited to see a little bit more where, like, where do you see his sort of like long-term direction? I definitely think the title and I've, I've Mm -hmm. liked this where they brought him in and he's doing the slow build because he's been Mm -hmm. gone seven years. Right. Like I know he's big name, but it would make no sense to bring in like a guy who hasn't done anything for seven years and comes in and just gets a title shot would kind of be crazy. It would make sense in terms of, wrestling booking right like he's the big star big star gets the title but mm-hmm. i like how they brought in some logic to this where they talked about how brian Dan- they even say like brian danielson has had wins in other promotions like he's a former champion in another promotion like more recently so it makes sense that when he comes in he can get a title shot right away and he- they didn't even give him the title shot right away i should say like the first match was non-title so I've enjoyed that. I think Punk's going to be the longer build to the title, and Danielson's like the immediate shot. So I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred percent. Especially too, because I think it'll feed into sort of like uh, probably like a frustration angle at some point for Punk, because that's I feel like kind of Punk at his peak, right? When it's when he's angry and frustrated. Yeah. So <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see because I, I, at some point, because we've had a little bit of a hint. At it already, even though he's big baby face, he's getting the big pops and whatnot. But he's saying that, like, you know, people keep saying, like, they want the C- old CM Punk or whatever, the angry CM Punk. And he's like, you know what? Take long enough and he'll come out, but uh, be careful what you wish for. Yeah. And that just got me excited. I was like, ooh, like, god damn it. Like, he is such a good baby face, but he's also amazing as a heel. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I have enjoyed him as a baby face now. It's just nice seeing him happy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like I, I have no dis, I have no, like, uh, commentary as far as like the way he's being booked. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Like, I think he's is exactly what you should do because the crowd's gonna react to him as a babyface no matter what you do. I think right now, unless he's the uttermost piece of shit. <laughs> but even mm-hmm. then, like, we've missed him for so long that it's like, yeah, let him be a babyface first, yeah, and then later he can be a heel. And I think it's gonna be something on like, I'm trying to think of like a really good babyface. Like, I imagine like a Jungle Boy, right? Like, Jungle Boy is going to get a surprise win on him. That, like, maybe for a title shot, right? So it's been a while. Punk's been wrestling all these young guys that he's wanted to wrestle. So he, he got Darby Allen, Then he got Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, and then, like, say, it's Jungle Boy down the line. And Jungle Boy gets the win over him. And that's when Punk just, like, the, the switch goes off of, mm-hmm. I'm tired of being the, the cheerleader. I need to go for it for myself. And, like beats the shit out of jungle boy and stuff like that. And that's when I can see the crowd turning on him. Yeah. They're like, you know, I came back to, you know, help out some of these young talents, but I'm done doing that. I've given enough. I'm ready yeah. to take. I could be done for that. That would work. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just in general, the uh, interpromotional stuff has been really cool. Like seeing the uh, lights out match too. We had like, you know, Moxley and uh, uh, 
Kingston taking on Suzuki Goon with Archer and uh, Minoru Suzuki. What did you think of that kind of feud going on? And I loved it because incident, you, as you, they call it. Yeah, uh, as you know, like I, I glance at New Japan, so like I knew of Suzuki and stuff like that. So when when he appeared at the pay per view, uh, mm-hmm. me and Corey were the ones that had to explain to everyone else like who Suzuki is in like the rankings of Japan, kind of like who mm-hmm. is this guy in an American like an American context. So that yeah. that was cool, and like I think it just that's that's the kind of interpromotional stuff that's just perfect because it's like new japan is not competing with AEW at this point like they are coming into america but i don't think like it's going to be like all of a sudden new japan versus AEW. so it's like just the perfect thing of bring this guy over he helps put your talent over you promote him he's making all these other appearances too he's doing like game changer wrestling and stuff like that so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it 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 has been kind of cool to see, like, you know, a lot of New Japan talent over there. And we had, like, recently, like, Hiroshi Tanahashi getting, like, the U.S. title back off of um, Lance Archer, who took it from Moxley. But uh, it's interesting because, like, from the New Japan perspective, they keep talking about the U.S. title as, like, the key through the forbidden door, like, to the other promotions. Like, even though other guys have gone over, they're kind uh, of okay. treating that as, like, the oh, if you get the U.S. title, then you get more opportunities to, like, to go to America. It, that That's your guarantee to go over to America, right? Like... You could right. get it over on your own, possibly, but this is gonna like this. You will definitely go over there, right? Exactly. That's kind of the way they're treating it. So it's kind of like a unique evolution of the title, with like how much they're expanding more into America, both with their own brand and then how much they're flirting with like both you know TNA and with AEW. So it, it's yeah, really you were cool. telling me I I hadn't realized I there's there's far too much wrestling for one person to watch <laughs> each week. <laughs> So you've been keeping up with Impact, though, and you, and I didn't realize how many New Japan guys have been over there. Well, I, I guess I, would, I wouldn't say that I've been keeping up with Impact and that, like, I don't know all <laughs> of what's going on. But, like, I do watch, like, segments on a semi-regular basis because New Japan will put on their website segments that have, like, their talents in it, mm-hmm. like, either on AEW or on um, Impact and stuff like that. So you know, I've been seeing like, a couple, like, Finjuice matches and, like, Jay White's been on TNA a couple times. Mm-hmm. So I've been seeing that stuff, but I, I think I might have to start checking it out on a semi, semi more regular basis just to like see all of us going on. Cause now that I've been dipping back into AW, it's like, Oh, well, Christian's the champion. So that's cool. Like, yeah, I've been keeping up with impact with uh, the, the Facebook, they put up clips mm, of like, okay. here's what happened in the vein event this week and stuff like that. I do think they put whole episodes up on YouTube if I'm not mistaken, but I could be totally wrong. So mm-hmm. um, just cause like, I know their cable channel is hard to get. So I think that's mm-hmm. why they do the YouTube stuff. But yeah. Yeah. Or I'm trying to remember, weren't they streaming stuff on Twitch or do they not do that anymore? I don't think they do Twitch anymore. Okay. Yeah. But it is really interesting to see, like, because I would assume that in a lot of ways, like, all these companies are all kind of benefiting from these uh, interpromotional stuff. So it's kind of that, you know, a rising tide raises all ships. Oh, yeah. Sort of mentality, right? Like, I'm pretty sure when Kenny Omega went over and defended the Impact title on the pay-per-view with, um, I think it was against Rich Swan. Mm-hmm. I think that was the highest buy rate for a TNA pay-per-view than, in a super long time because mm-hmm. Kenny Omega is coming off the hype of AEW. Right. And it, it is interesting, too, to see like a little bit of like territoriality returning to, like even though like AEW does tour around a little bit and looks like New Japan is trying to tour around a little bit more sometimes in America. Like New Japan is like more focused on the West Coast with California. Mm-hmm. And then like 
AEW is more focused on kind of like the East Coast and especially sort of like Florida and stuff there for a while. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, they go to do other shows elsewhere. But like, yeah, there is a little bit more of like this territoriality, which is kind of interesting. That I think definitely helps because then it's like they're less competing for the same market, right? Yeah, there's been very few crossovers. The biggest crossover, I think, has been AEW and WWE. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. AEW just well, yeah, did. It's like basically, it, the way I view it is basically there's the WWE web and then there's like everybody else working together in their own web against WWE almost. Exactly. Because that's, that's the only way you survive. <laughs> right. Or at least like, not that like they're directly being like, oh, well, fuck WWE, but just like that's, yes. they're, they're, we're competing for the same market of wrestling fans who, yeah. you know, for their money and their attention, you know, can only watch so much wrestling. And so it's like, are you going to be watching WWE or are you going to be watching like this conglomeration of like AEW, New Japan, Impact, Ring of Honor, like other uh, like MLW, like, I don't know, whatever else. Yeah. Jesus, that's a lot to keep up with. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> we look it, at... it, I think there's a lot like you can kind of, I, th- I think it's like people will sort of have one or two f- home promotions that you really focus on and then everything yeah. else you sort of flirt with. Like, yeah, that's, have- that's the only way you have, like, <laughs> to be emotionally balanced <laughs> right <laughs> you cannot watch the watch that much wrestling like <laughs> very true yeah the, the, like you people talk about like work life balance you have to have a wrestling life balance <laughs> exactly that's exactly what <laughs> well cuz alone like look at this past friday there you could have sat down for 4 hours and watched wrestling on a friday night like <laughs> mm-hmm. true true I, I got to tell you that this is like the hardest time of year, though, to maintain a wrestling life balance, at least for a New Japan fan, because G1 is going yeah, on right now. Every day, right? Uh, it's like 18 days out of a 30 month or 30 day period. Okay. So it's not quite every day, but it's basically like every other day. Okay. Um, but man, I got to tell you, there's been a really interesting, crazy development in this G1. Out of... I th- think I heard about this with uh, Naito. Yeah, Naito got a big knee injury. And so he's out. And so everybody else in his block got like an automatic forfeit win. Yeah. And so like on the night they would have faced Naito, uh, they'll have like a special singles match with somebody else that doesn't count for points. Mm -hmm. But they're like going to win those basically. Uh, But the thing that's really interesting on top of that is so the one match that he had was against Zack Sabre Jr. And Zack beat him in that match, submitted him. And they are fucking running with it, dude. Like, Zach is an absolute killer right now. Like, so he beat Naito first, mm-hmm. submitted him. Then he fought Shingo, the current fucking uh, IWGP heavyweight champion, submitted him and beat him. And then just now, this last match that he had in the G1, uh, round three, he fought Ibushi, who, you know, is the two-time defending G1 champion, submitted and beat him. Are they just gonna have him like run through the whole thing? I think so, dude. Like, I think I don't think he's gonna win the whole G one because I still think Okada's gonna win it, and Okada's in the other block. Okay, but like at this point, like I think Zach might run his entire block. Like, it's he's an absolute killer right now. Like, it's crazy. But at this point, even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't win the block, like he's got now so many programs to come afterwards. Like, he definitely gets a title mm-hmm. shot now. Uh, yeah, I think he's. I think he's definitely going to get a shot against Shingo before Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, and then like whenever Naito comes back, there's an immediate feud. Yeah. So well, yeah, that'll like, be a good feud. You took me out of the G1. Like, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, they've already been kind of somewhat feuding the tag ranks, but then, yeah, like we, we can come back and do like a big singles feud. So, yeah, like, it's, it's really crazy because this was obviously completely not planned. And like they have just been getting utterly fucked over the pandemic as far as like things that are not planned. Oh, yeah, I can only between imagine. like Osprey getting injured and then like Kota Ibushi getting sick at the wrong time and like a lot of people just getting COVID at the wrong times. Like it's it's been nuts. Um, but yeah, <laughs> to see then them basically just rolling with the punches in this one and being like, well, I guess we're gonna make Zach a fucking killer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, the booking nightmare that that had to have caused. Of mm-hmm. Naito like out, and then everyone like, not just like oh now we need to replace someone physically in the matches like all the the math of like, well, mm-hmm. everyone gets a point now. So where does that put the people that we like wanted higher? Who the people we wanted lower? Like oh my god, Ooh, that gives me a headache. Yeah, exactly. Like it's <laughs> it's such a nightmare, and it's crazy to see how well they're rolling with it it's it's interesting too because like they've always been so calculated with things Mm -hmm. but i think the pandemic has forced them to become a lot more uh improvisational with their book yeah and this is just like another situation where it's like well we had some probably really well laid plans but now we just have to do something different (laughs) and (laughs) i think the experience that the pandemic has forced them to have is getting them to be like all right well fuck it, then, like, all right, this is what we can do. We can make Zack into an absolute machine right now. So, like, even though we have this shit situation, let's turn this into a positive. Because, like, Zack was probably going to do well. I Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think he was going to do well in this block, but I don't think he was going to have any chance of winning it. But now it's, like, I think he's a surefire win for the block. Mm. Like, because I'm even looking at the rest of people he has to face. Like, he's already faced, like, all the top people in the block. So it's, like... If he loses now, it's going to be like him slipping on a banana peel to somebody he shouldn't fucking lose to. Hmm. Like, the only exception maybe is like, okay, so Kenta could get a legit win on him. But at this point, like, after beating Naito, Shingo, and Ibushi, it's like, goddamn, dude. The only person that could kill this dude is probably Okada. Who, conveniently, at this point, like, he's doing kind of like the resurrection of the Rainmaker right now, which is good. Oh, that's good, yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what's going on right now with New Japan and the exciting G1 developments. But um, out of AW2 with like, so we talked about uh, Kenny Omega and the whole situation with his top title. And you think that's got to be Adam Page that takes the title off him, right? Uh, you cut out a bit there. What, what was that? Oh, uh, Sorry. I was saying that um, we were talking also a little bit earlier about with like AEW, the top title with like Kenny Omega. And you think that um, Paige is the one that's destined to sort of dethrone him there. Oh, yeah. Um, But as far as what other, I'm trying to remember, like what other titles does Kenny Omega have right now? He has the AAA title. I think it's just the AAA and the AEW. Let me double check that though. Okay, because yeah, they had he the lost... TNA when Christian yeah. got took that. I thought he had something else though, but maybe I'm maybe I'm going crazy. Anyway, my um. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it's just AEW and AAA right now. Okay, because my my question and thought as far as like more of this interpromotional stuff like that is that like of course myself and I'm sure there are many other people 
have been looking forward to a Golden Lovers match at some point. <laughs> so you've got to have like the crossover between Ibushi and Kenny Omega. And it seems like at this point with like Zach going on his killer run, like he's probably actually going to win the block and doing that sort of stuff. So I don't know exactly what Kota Ibushi is going to be doing at Wrestle Kingdom. Maybe like a rematch with Tanahashi. But anyway, at some point, I do want to do the big match with him and Omega. And yeah. I would think that you like especially as far as like Omega's booking goes, that's probably going to be have to be after he loses the AEW title. Mm-hmm. You think so? Probably. Because just to give him that like time mm-hmm. away slash like slightly out of the main event picture, like right. Because my my thought as far as like you know somebody who does watch AEW but is more more so a fan of New Japan. Like, I don't know how much of a travesty this would be for AEW, but, like, I know that Adam Page has this sort of storyline there with Kenny, but, like, what about Kota Ibushi being the one to dethrone Kenny Omega and take the AEW title? Even if he had a very short reign, like... That would be would that cool. be From an AEW yeah. perspective, like, do you think that could be done well? I think so, and I think it would bring, like, if they're looking for, like, attention-grabbing things, that could definitely be shit like an make the guys coming in from other promotions a little more uh important Mm -hmm. like that these guys aren't just coming in just to lose they can actually come in and win titles right yeah i mean i I think the biggest problematic thing would be right like then you'd have to have them probably drop it pretty quickly and stuff like that but like i think that it could make a lot of sense as far as like this post uh title thing because my thought would be if you were to want to try and like turn Kenny Omega face at some point again at, at like could basically bring him out of his like crazy delusions and stuff like that like obviously losing the title could maybe do that um, but I thought like I think Kenny or Kota Bushi would be the one to do that because Kota Bushi was flirting with this whole like you know I'm I'm God sort of storyline but then like he lost the title and sort of got humbled so maybe he could then basically do the same thing for Kenny, you know, who's become like very delusional and like I'm wrestling God. You know, basically beat him and humble him and sort of be like, oh wow, shit, like I was being such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> maybe like then kind of see make him realize that like I should get rid of Don Callis or whatever. Like so I would assume see, that would be part of the cards at some point is when he turns face, he's gonna get rid of Don Callis. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, maybe Kodobushi the one like open up his eyes and get him to turn face or something. See the error of his ways. Mm-hmm. With the need of the face. <laughs> that's how you open people's eyes. <laughs> but yeah, that's just my little bit of fantasy booking. Um, but, yeah, that would be uh, cool. <laughs> anyway, more, more, more importantly though, uh, because my, my thought as far as like the interpromotional stuff is like, as you said, sort of a lot of these guys keep coming in. It seems like they basically just kind of come in to lose. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't think I have that much of a problem with that, but I think the thing I would like to see is more AEW people than coming like to Japan. Yeah. You know, to kind of balance it and balance things out. The, I think that has been obviously slow just because of the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, I've, obviously there's definitely problems with it, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I look at the AEW roster and like they have such a huge roster, right? Oh yeah. I feel like there's no way there isn't like a few people on that roster that it's like, look, we don't really have anything planned for you, or maybe like we can put some of those plans on hold for a little bit. 
and you can go do this, which would probably be better anyway, you know, potentially for your career as far as like, you know, just getting a unique type of exposure, you know, whether it be coming over for something like best of the super juniors or whether it be something like world tag league. And then especially since those are both so close to wrestle kingdom, then maybe they could like be on wrestle kingdom too, you know, to kind of like make the stay more worth it. Mm -hmm. You know, so then they're over in Japan for like, you know, two or three months and then they come back and you know, then new Japan has gotten a lot more of a benefit from having, cause like they've, they've been very used to having kind of like an influx of foreign talent and not having that has been forcing them to do a lot of booking changes. Mm -hmm. So having a couple more people like that would be nice. And plus, I think for a lot of those people, like kind of lower on the card or in the mid card of AW, like I, it'd be a lot better exposure. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so if, if like something like that were to happen, like who from the AEW roster do you think would be some good people to send over for like either best of the super juniors or maybe like world tag league? Um, I definitely think a lot of the guys that take up like the AEW dark shows and stuff like that. So I think like send over, say like the wingmen for like the tag league or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like kind of you're underneath the guys that aren't going to be missing on dynamite or rampage, but give them exposure over there. Um, I definitely think though, at some point you have to send over like an Adam Cole or, the young bucks or something like that to also do some things. But that, I think mm -hmm. that'll be once like borders are completely open and like they can go over, do a show and then come right back. I think yeah, you can send guys. Yeah. I think you send guys like now, like the wingman or, um, 2.0, right. They just showed up recently in AW from NXT, uh, send them over. Right. Cause like mm -hmm. the, they're not going to get, be missed for like because they have they have to quarantine for what like two weeks when they get there or something like that so i think so although i, I from what i believe uh from stuff i've read recently i think their quarantine stuff is getting a little bit reduced so it's not quite as severe as it was before okay so maybe maybe sooner rather than later we do see some of these because mm -hmm. like i mean i know this would be a, a little bit bigger of an ask but like for example when suzuki goes back like let's fucking have archer go back with him and then they, they can tag together in world tag league or something and then, yeah. you know what? Fuck it. Let's continue some of that feud. Like, maybe let's have Eddie Kingston and Boxley go over there. Like, let's have them do World Tag League and then maybe Wrestle Kingdom 2 or something. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the kind of thing I would really like to see as far as, like, all right, we've... I say we, as if I'm part of them. But <laughs> New Japan has already, I feel like, sent a lot of talent over to AEW. And, like, it's not like they don't get better from that, too. Like, obviously they do. But I just feel like the reciprocity should be bigger on the other side and not just for new japan's sake but like also for those talents sake too like you know part of the benefit of having these promotional relationships is that the guys that are, you don't have as much screen time for like they can go somewhere else and get some screen time like it's good for them you know yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean experience right because you don't you don't have house shows for these guys to get like their reps mm -hmm. in so exactly. send them somewhere else where they're gonna get those reps and mm -hmm. make a name for themselves and you get you get a more experienced person when they come back right like another one i think would be a really good person if they could send over not only for new japan but also for aw and for this guy in particular and that's the super juniors would be like that's some real good shit right there yeah 
because that kid is a fucking star. And I feel like if he can really get some reps in with some people that are really good, like he can get to the next level and like, fuck it. Like he could expand his fandom a lot too. Like I think the Japanese crowd would eat him up Mm -hmm. and then having like a little bit of a break. Cause like, you know, he just lost that big match to punk. So he could take a little time off, go do this and then come back. Like, I know that he's kind of like tagging with sting right now, whatever, but like, you know, fuck it. Like, it's not like that's going away. Yeah. I mean, Sting's, Sting's going to be around for a while. <laughs> Assume, you know, I, he's old, so like maybe just weird shit will happen. But like, you know, unless <laughs> something weird happens, Sting will be with us for a while. Yeah, like he'd be one I'd really like. Um, I'm trying. How how much does Orange Cassidy weigh? Because I feel like he could be a good best of Super Juniors get. Oh yeah. Well, and also uh, his teammate too wrestled over there, didn't he? Uh, or did both mm-hmm. of them? Yeah, both of them did. The best friends. Yeah. Um, uh, Tremperetta and Chucky e. T. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tremperetta. I think. Well, he was a junior, but I think he ended up uh, becoming a heavyweight while he was over there. So, because he'd done that, I assumed they'd be like, "Oh, well, he's still technically a heavyweight in our book." So, he isn't the best of the super juniors guy. Gotcha. Unless they were to, I mean, maybe they could just be like, "Oh, well, fuck it. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. He became a heavyweight, but whatever. Now he's a junior again. Like, <laughs> I don't know." But, yeah, I do remember that he used to be a junior and I think technically became a heavyweight over there. So, whatever. But, yeah, Orange Cassidy, I think, would be a good one. Uh, I don't know. Are there any other good ones you think either for juniors or tag teams? Um, juniors? I mean, Jungle Boy. Oh, yeah, for sure. Damn, that'd be good. And then also Tag League. I could I could, I could, see some great matches with uh, Lucha Express. Or not Lucha. Wow. <laughs> Jurassic <laughs> Express. Yeah. Yeah, alongside Luchasaurus. Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd watch that. Yeah. I mean, hell, send uh, the Lucha Bros over there. <laughs> think of 1.2. Yeah, I, they, I'd really be that. Oh, my God. That'd, they would have really some good. amazing matches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. For sure. In particular, man, I would love to see them against like some uh, LIJ guys, especially once Naito's back to, to fighting shape. Mm, yeah. Did you catch there the tag match with the Young Bucks from the pay-per-view? Uh, I did, yeah. That was crazy. Dude, that's <laughs> one of the best cage matches I've ever seen, slash tag team match as well. Mm-hmm. Just absolute insanity. Like those, All four of those guys are just really absolutely phenomenal athletes, and they've come a long way as far as like their in-ring psychology, too. Oh, yeah. Like There's actual thought, too a series of moves rather than just like high spot, high spot, high spot. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I mean, like they're not like absolute masters of it yet or anything, yeah. but like Young Bucks 100% used to just be like spot monkeys. Yeah. And they've, they've evolved a lot. Yeah. It's nice to see. And I think the Lucha Bros have always been really good, but I think they just keep getting better. Mm-hmm. And especially too to see, I, I'm liking the uh, Adam Cole dynamic too with the young bucks having the super click back together yeah i like that he's basically just like a third buck <laughs> yeah he's like the third buck but he's also kind of playing you know obviously the role that he's played with them but like similar to how like omega has been the role with them in the trios like i think that there is something unique about the young bucks when they have a trios partner yes and it's good mm-hmm. i think it brings back out the young and the young bucks because like on their own <laughs> They're not quite as young as they used to be, you know? 
But like when they have somebody older to kind of like act as like their weird little like impish sidekicks, like I think they become more, more themselves. If that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, I can see that. Like they get more of the youth and the young bucks back. And I like it. So I, I really like the, especially the spot they keep doing with like the double kiss on Adam Cole. Like, oh, so good. <laughs> it's good. I like it. Adam Cole, baby. Adam Cole, baby. He's been a really fun uh, person to come in. And I, obviously, you can tell he's probably a lot happier now that he can spend more time with his wife, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And all his friends. It's like, man, this guy has been completely revitalized. He said that on the Jericho podcast. He was like, it wasn't really a choice. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure even if he had to take like a massive pay cut, you'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm coming. I'm, I'm coming over. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's really interesting to see. And like, as far as like projecting things forward, like, what do you think as far as like the AEW and kind of like WWE rivalry, like it becoming sort of very legitimate competition, like not just in who they're signing and stuff like that, but also like ratings wise, like if you look at like the 18 to 49 demographic, which is the important one, which like actually is where ratings are listed. Like dynamite is now competing. Neck neck. Raw yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, I definitely, I can see them definitely overtaking raw um, at some point. I think after that, they need to work on like the overall viewership and mm -hmm. then, the number one thing to compete with WWE is going to be like the international exposure, but all of this will come mm -hmm. in time. Like they look what they've done in two years alone. Like mm -hmm. they just need more time to grow. And, and if, I don't know if you heard that Tony Khan said like they already made a profit. Yeah, I think, and it was even like, like a year ago or whatever, wasn't it? Like it was a while ago they started already making a profit. Yeah. Which is crazy when you start a business, like, I think it's supposed to be like four to five years that you should not expect to make a profit. Oh yeah. Like it, <laughs> it's an absolute fucking success on every fucking level. And it had like everything going against it. Yeah. You know, from the fact that just like starting a wrestling company, starting any kind of company is hard. Obviously they had the very big benefit of having a big financier who was interested, but like they were doing this. And then very shortly after that, that's when the pandemic fucking started, dude. Like, if yeah, they, any kind of business is going to get killed, something like wrestling that you, know, you need live attendance for, like, yeah. how the fuck, not only did they survive, but thrive and are now continuing to grow, like, it's crazy. And the fact that, like, you know, they keep growing, and well, they, the only, they, made, one of the biggest things that's holding them back is the pandemic. They made a great partner in Turner. Like, mm -hmm. that, them as a TV partner has been, like, a miracle for them, because Turner had faith in them, like from the beginning, we're like, here, we're going to give you this sh shot. And then what was it within? So they, because they started, it was September of 2019, right? Uh, so, something like that, yeah. I think so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hold on, because my friend, we're going to, Corey and I are going to the uh, coming up in the Philly show, and it's going to be the two year anniversary of Dynamite. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. so like september october two years ago that's what and so yep. they had four so on four months left in well hold on october november december left in 2019 then january february march so six months they turner was like 
we like so much what you're doing. Here's an extension and increased like money like mm-hmm. now. And then that, and then the pandemic hit like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like absolutely insane. So it, it's really cool to see. Cause it, like we were talking about earlier, you know, like how years ago we were kind of starting to see this form and a lot of people kind of felt like it was a pipe dream, but like, it's definitely come to fruition. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that the fact that it came to fruition under the like absolutely shit circumstances, I think just makes it even more of a unique, like, I can't wait to see, you know, how like there's just so many documentaries and like stories and books and whatever talking about like the WCW fall and like WCW versus WWE feud. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to be really interested to see all the shit talking about like all this in the past. Like, even if it doesn't, because I don't think it's going to get to a point where WWE dies. Like, that's just not going to happen. Oh, no, no, But, no. like, just the, it's like, yo, AEW was just a dream that mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes had. And then he talked to Tony Khan <laughs> <laughs> and got the Bucks and Kenny Omega and Jericho to sign. And then this little promotion grew. <laughs> just the like all the little shit. The little yeah, promotion, promotion that, that could. could. <laughs> Yep, it chugged along up the mountain and then through the pandemic and became like legitimate competition. Like it's like unless something weird happens, like basically unless Tony Khan just says fuck it, like I feel like this is just gonna continue. Oh, absolutely. And but it sounds like there's no stopping him. Like mm-hmm. everyone that gets interviewed out of there is just like, oh, he's such a great boss and like it's so fun to talk to him and he like he truly loves wrestling. I think is that the secret sauce that like he's a smart businessman, has the actual money, right? Like it's not like he's one mm-hmm. of those guys saying like, oh, I've got a money guy. Like he is the money mm-hmm. guy. I think might be dad's the money guy, but like basically, right? Same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he just has a passion for it. Like he was us going to like shows and stuff like that, but then just had the big pocketbook for it. <laughs> Yeah, but this also was like, you know, the son of a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I, yeah, it's, um, I think that the passion is definitely the secret sauce. Like, the, the passion that hasn't been mired with decades of frustration and all the other shit that's happened to. Because, like, the thing is, like, Vince has made good wrestling before. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Attitude Era had a lot of really good shit, and there's been a lot of other good shit in other periods of WWE's past. So it's not like there's never been good shit, but like I think that you know keeping that up for a really long period of time, and especially for Vince too, because he's a psycho. Like he needs somebody to fight against, and I think when he didn't have that like need to fight anymore, that killed his passion, mm-hmm. and so that he just became like spiteful. So. Like, right now, obviously, Tony Khan is very passionate and stuff like that. But, like, you know, Vince has been doing this for now, like, decades. So, it would be interesting to see, like, over time, I wonder if Tony Khan will still be as passionate. Or if, like, someday he'll be like, ah, you know what? I don't fucking care anymore. Like, become spiteful in the way that Vince has and just be like, I'm just going to book shit to make people angry. <laughs> so, we're uh, we're going to check back on this podcast in 20 years. Yeah, in, like, 10 years and 20 years. Like, let's <laughs> we'll see how... Let's see how Nick Khan is then. Or Tony Khan. Sorry. Yeah, we got two cons now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Khan right. versus Khan war. Because, yeah, Nick Khan is over in uh, WWE and Tony yeah. Khan's AEW. Oh, <laughs> Tony Khan even mentioned that in a promo. I think it was about when the New Japan 
uh, like the Forbidden Door and stuff like that. And he was like, mm-hmm. there can only be one con in the wrestling business. <laughs> oh, watch out, Great Ocon. <laughs> Could you imagine Tony shows up in New Japan? <laughs> Just have a singles match against Great Ocon <laughs> for the name. Uh... Yeah, that's that's the kind of absurd, weird booking. This is why we should never have the uh, you know, the Booker's pen, right? No, yeah, we definitely we'll we do something need... like that, and they'll be like, "Um, you're fired. <laughs> this is this is stupid. Please go home. <laughs> we'll contact you. Don't don't call us. We'll call you." <laughs> Been a few weeks, guys. You guys haven't called. Yeah, you know what? We uh we lost your number. <laughs> All right, I think it's gonna do it for us this week all right all right wrap it up for here and uh, we'll catch back in next week with some more thoughts on wrestling and it's all that and uh great to watch wrestling that we love again it's really great to yeah just have like the variety of pick of like oh what kind of stuff do i want to watch this week like mm-hmm. yeah, and have like that um that sort of interconnected web like it's yeah, you know, like keeping up with like the mcu stuff between like watching the movies and then, oh like, the TV shows that's a good call yeah fun. it is very similar like, it feels like that now. It's like, oh man, like how much of the different stuff do I have to keep up on? And like, what's all canon? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, that, I wonder if that's going to be a question we're going to have to ask is like, wait, like did that match that happened over there? Is that canon? <laughs> like, is that <laughs> like, I know this guy beat this guy, but like, does that count inside of like our continuity or? <laughs> oh, I hope not. That would be like, all right, I quit too much. <laughs> but anyway. Because, yeah, like, I, I remember just, like, from, like, WWE, like, with house shows, like, were house shows supposed to be, like, um, canon or not? Because I feel like they weren't most of the time. Uh, it was, like, 50-50. Yeah, it was, like, it wasn't unless something important happened. Then Correct, it would be yeah. canon. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, yeah, so I guess I'll do it for us this week as uh, we wrap up all the important shit. And now you can turn off your brain, turn off your ears. No more important shit for us. All right. Have a great week, everyone. Peace out, everybody.